0: So if you listen to Health Power, you know that I've had a leaky gut forever. I try not to talk about my food sensitivities too much because I know it's boring. I've been looking for help everywhere, and I'm really hopeful that our new sponsor on Health Power can help me. All right, so we're going to jump in with Clayton Thomas. Briefly tell us about your products, and then I want to hear from uh, the handsome gentleman next to you.
1: A simple solution designed by a Harvard nanobiotechnologist to address every aspect of human aging and health, and Patrick, A.K.A. Keanu is one of the best examples for gut health. um, Years ago, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. um, And when I first got introduced to the root brands, really identifying and understanding when I got the diagnosis, realizing that the gut's the first brain, not the second. Once you establish that methodology of thinking about your body, that changes everything. Um, but really ultimately starting there and realizing that's where everything else is going to come from. That's where the healing starts and it has to begin with your gut. And so products like clean slate, restore and zero in, which really focus about pulling out the bad and putting the good in. When I first started using clean slate, when I first started using restore, I thought I was allergic to them. and, And Clayton was like, no, keep going. Your body's detoxing. Now I've been able to shorten the window whenever I have a bad reaction from when something used to take seven days to recover from. Now it's maybe two days. I still oh, have wow. reaction, but it's much, much less. And so now that we've introduced new products like Give Me Back My Youth, Immune Defense Shield, it's helped me really navigate my allergy and my reaction so much more.
0: That's incredible. And Clayton, for just the everyday basic person who doesn't have leaky gut or doesn't have celiac or anything, I could think just all the junk that we're exposed to, we need to get that out. And that's going to make a big difference.
1: Yeah. And he's the best example. You can look pretty on the outside and still be a mess yeah. on the inside.
0: <laughs> what about me? No. Silence. <laughs> it's like you hear the, the crickets. <laughs> you guys are fun. Well, tell us how we can get your products, Clayton.
1: Go to therootbrands.com as brought to you by Lisa. Solutions and the outcomes that we have are what have created the community. So it's it's something that you just have to make an investment in your own health and it's well worthwhile. therootbrands.com. All right, you guys,
0: thank you so much. Everybody check them out. Thanks so much. This time of year, our skin gets so dry, especially for those of us who live in cold climates. So I couldn't live without one earth body care. Their skin fix, which is great for your entire body. It's a thick wonderful salve you can rub it in your hands to soften it and it makes your skin amazing there's a day and night facial oil which I use every day and night and it really really has helped my skin there's a sleep balm that is also a salve consistency that has lavender and other things to help you relax of course my all-time favorite is their natural deodorant because I am no longer smelly if you've got a baby they've got a baby butt saver The other thing that has completely transformed my hair is their shampoo and conditioner bars. They've got Skin Fix for Pets, which has helped my blue stop eating his paws all the time or nibbling on them. And of course, they also have a pet shampoo bar. Please check them out at oneearthbodycare.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. I just read an absolutely incredible book that I highly recommend. It is called Tommy's Field, Love, Loss, and the Goal of a Lifetime. It is by Nikki Mark, who joins us now. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Oh, it's so nice to have you on the program. Your book was absolutely beautiful and so moving. In the prologue, you write about Expo Park and you write, now when I spotted the iron gates of Expo Park, I became sadly aware of how drastically my circumstances had changed. I had no one to pick up no snacks to pack, no practice to ultimately watch. And then you go on to say, then I spoke out loud, in the pri- out loud in the privacy of my front seat. I know you are here with me. If you send me a sign, I will look for it. Tell us what, what happened to Tommy.
2: Tommy uh, went to sleep one night and just didn't wake up. And so uh, it was shocking. It was awful. And for me in that moment, it was mystical. I just yeah. felt there was some sort of plan um, that was maybe a way I could wrap my head around it or my heart right. around it. Um, but I also broke open that morning and started seeing and hearing and feeling things I never had before. And so that is also why I felt like something bigger was happening and I wanted To figure out what that was.
0: Yeah. And you you did such a beautiful job in the book of describing that. And I definitely want to get to some of those signs and and the spirituality. And I thought this was interesting. You write in the book about your life feeling too easy.
2: Yeah, I grew up with um, very little pain. Um, I had a very lovely childhood, a family Mm -hmm. who loved me and I love them and still do. And we didn't have a lot of tragic uh issues in my entire family that I ever knew of, and mm. so I was the kind of person who didn't have a, like i didn't make a lot of mistakes that i you know thought were mistakes. I didn't yeah. fall. I was very careful i left a i I led a very stable balanced life. In fact, I was everybody's most normal friend, the most grounded, <laughs> the most you know, yeah. a- to me because I didn't have a lot. And so there wasn't a lot of baggage with Nikki. I did say to myself, I heard it twice, a couple of weeks before Tommy passed away, my life has been too easy. What's going on? And I thought to myself, why am I thinking this? Yeah. like, I- Am I not grateful enough? Right. Um do I need to show more, you know? And, and then he was gone. And these are the things that came back into my mind. Right. I got, I was kind of warned wherever that comes from. I had that specific thoughts two specific times. I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing and I paused both times. And then this happened and I, I knew, okay, this is, they waited for me. <laughs> it was waiting. Yeah. you are going to give you this beautiful childhood. We're going to ground you. We're going to teach you coping mechanisms in different ways, and then you're going to get the big one. Wow! That's how it felt. That's how it felt. Yeah.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. And you're also exceptionally beautiful. I do want to add. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Everyone's got to see, see the clips on my Instagram at Lisa Davis MPH. Doing what you did, and we're going to jump into that. Tell us about Linda and, when, and her suggestion about creating Tommy's legacy.
2: Linda is a friend, a fellow soccer mom. And we you know, had two boys. And we would drive all over the city and we'd connect on soccer. And um, I told her one day that I wanted to build a field in a park you know, refurbish a local park where we lived so that kids could play on it. It was a dirt field with holes. It had been there for 20 years in that state. Oh, wow. A few, a few days before Tommy passed away, I told him the same thing. He, you know, he, he had asked me, "What do you, what's your next job, mom? What are you going to do? And I was in startups. I had done three of them and I was took a oh, little no. break for a few months. And he kind of was like, go back to work, would you? And (laughs) what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but I want it to be really meaningful. And in the meanwhile, I think I'm going to refurbish the park down the street, this field, so kids can play on it. And he said, I love that, mom. We don't have anything like that in our neighborhood. Everyone's going to want to play on it. I can't wait. And Linda was one of the mothers who kept saying, let's do this, Nikki, do it, do it. And the day Tommy passed away and she heard, she showed up in my home and sat down, held my hand and said, let's build that field that Tommy has a spirit of play to be shared with the world. And let's honor him in that way that the community was grieving and we all needed something to pour our grief into And I thought at that time, you know, the shock and the grief are overwhelming the system. And I could think as I told Tommy, I was going to do this. So yes, let's do this. And I never imagined I was telling him I was building a field with his name on it. Um, But I knew in that moment, I gathered with my husband and our community that was filling up our home can we build this field? Like, can we raise this money? It's going to be over a million dollars. How are we going to do it? And everyone just said, we will find a way. And so we did.
0: Yeah, you did. And I want to jump into some of the opposition, which I found absolutely disgusting. (laughs) I was horrified. I told my husband, I'm like, what the flip is wrong with these? What? Oh, my God. What is wrong with these people? Oh, there'll be some Hispanics in town. Oh, my God. Get over your racism. What is wrong? Anyway, we'll get to that. I did want to go back to something you said a moment ago about some conversations that you had. Sorry, I'm getting a call. Let me delete you. Um, with Tommy, and one of them that really struck me was when he brought up losing a child for a parent to lose a child, and then there was another one as well. But I want people to read the book, so I won't
2: share them all. But that was like whoa, and that was how soon before he passed. It was the same car drive three days before. Um, oh my gosh, he passed away. I took him to San Diego. He was he had a soccer match down there, and um, yeah, he, he just out of the blue said to me. Um it must be hard for a parent to lose a child. And I looked over at him and I thought, "What?" And I said, "Well, that doesn't happen here. Parents go first. Don't worry." Right. I'm going first. And we started to talk about all the signs I would give him when I pass. I wanted to give him hope that I live on. And we were not spiritual people and we were not religious people. I believed in something, but we had never had this kind of conversation before. He started it. And I even thought to myself at the time, he's 12 years old, almost 13. And while we had some mature discussions in the past, I thought, is this a little too much for him? Right. But the more I went into it, the more he pulled it out of me and he kept asking and asking. And he, you know, he said, um, it must be hard for a parent to lose a child. And then he asked, uh, prior to that, is it possible to go to sleep and not wake up? <gasps>
0: that was the one that's.
2: And I said, if you're like 85 years old, that's how your grandmother passed away. It's a beautiful way to go. Like no drama, no pain. Like that's the perfect way to go when you're old. And I just thought we were having a fun discussion. And I I went on to review his life with him and how much I loved him and how proud I was of him. And you know, in retrospect, when he passed away that morning, it was that conversation that also made me feel like there's some sort of plan here. This is mystical, but yeah. while he and I on some personality, physical world level were speaking, there was something happening on a soul or spiritual level that I didn't understand, but I wanted to learn more about.
0: Yeah. And I want to jump into that too, before we get to the field. You did some very interesting therapies. You saw some psychics. You did some psilocybin, which I've read a lot about. I'm a big fan of that for trauma. Walk us through some of these experiences, especially with the first psychic. I thought that was really, really interesting.
2: Yeah. I, um, my mother had seen a psychic and no, a medium. Excuse a me. Medium. Mm -hmm. When I was in my early 20s, Mm. she told me that her grandmother's spirit kept coming to her, waking her up in the morning, which was like, I still can't believe my mother had this experience, nor can my father, because she's very conservative, Right, has never spoken in those terms. Anyway, she was directed to a medium. I thought it was fascinating at that time. And it gave me just enough information. So when this happened to me, I said to a friend, I want to talk to a medium. I want to know if it's possible to connect with my son's spirit. I need to know this because I was hearing and feeling and seeing things. And the idea that he was just gone right, was not something I could accept at that time. And I, in a week, she had me with a medium. She set it up. I did nothing. The woman knew my first name. There was nothing in the papers yet. There was, you know, there yeah. was no, I called her. It was right. it was very, you know, set up in a very uh, specific way. And she just started, your son's here. And then she described him, all his dreams, everything we spoke about on that car ride to San Diego. You know, thank God you guys had that discussion. And And I have to say, I just felt lighter and that became my barometer of healing. If something makes me feel lighter, even just for a minute, then I'm meant to follow that path. And I knew quickly that talk therapy wasn't for me. I needed something that worked faster and I felt like there was nothing wrong with my head to talk through that I had a broken heart and I needed more and I needed the types of therapy that would speak to my heart. And So, I embarked on a mission of healing. Is it possible to heal a mother's broken heart? I really wasn't sure. And I, serving was one of the first things with Tommy's Field and the idea that Linda brought. And that was huge. Um, yes. It gave me purpose. I had a younger son to serve and live for and create a beautiful life with. And I just needed to figure out how. And so, I started testing. Everything that would speak to my soul, I was so desperate, I went to meditation, you know, I yeah. would try, I did acupuncture in a new way, I tried energy healers. And the truth is, once you start to, to read, or listen, things open up in you, and they opened up yeah. in me, and I got curious, and I was like, I wanted to know more. And then suddenly, someone would show up and say, you need to meet my friend, so and so she'll help you, you know, yeah. That's sort of just how energy started working. And quite honestly, I knew nothing about any of this. Yeah. But I had a career in startups. Mm. I knew how to have a vision and create it from nothing and not knowing how to get there, but trusting I would. And I had done it for three different companies. So oh, I wow. guess in a way, I fell back on those. Entrepreneurial skills, because I certainly had no brain functioning. It was frozen and my body was grieving. But I had this ability and a will to see can I connect with my son's spirit? And I will spend my life trying because it makes me feel better. And I will find a way to build his legacy because it makes me feel better. And right. it shows how much I love him. And I will live for my younger son and find a way to truly live again because that is the life I want him to have. And one day I knew if I could achieve these things, which I'm still, it's a journey, right? It's another yeah, practice. Of course. If I could achieve these things one day at the end of my life, I would look back and say, Okay, I truly lived. Wow.
0: You know, I I just think of the crushing nature of grief. You know, it's one thing to lose your mother. It's another thing to lose your child. And when I when my mom passed, I, I described to people, I called it walking through yogurt, but like really thick Greek style. You know, like it's just ugh, everything, even just answering the door, picking up the phone, going like any everything was just like so difficult and just like slushy and thick and hard to get through. And it must be a million times worse with a child. So having these goals that you're seeking is is tremendous. I mean, I hope you've really just love yourself for what you've done. You know, I mean, it's it's huge because a lot of people could get stuck for a very long time. And I don't even blame them, right? Because it's so crushing.
2: It's so much easier to die. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to die because a lot of people, you know, look, our world is so dark and yeah. there's a lot of darkness that people are feeling and they don't even understand it or how to get through it. It is, it is beyond words and to lose a child. And so many people would say to me and my husband, I can't imagine. And we'd be like, just don't, don't, don't even mm-hmm. try because it, it, we don't want that for you or anyone. But, um, it, the grief is horrible. It is relentless. You don't know when it's coming. You don't know even how you're going to handle it. I could never have predicted I would react in one way and a friend would react in another way. Um, but what I will say is that, yeah, I had a legacy to build. That's how much yeah. I love my son. And I would get up every day and I told myself, I will do one thing every day to honor my son in one world and live for my son in another. And it might be one email, it might be one meditation class, it might be one word I write on a page, but it will be one thing. And Mm -hmm. I knew that committing to one thing a day would turn into two, and it would turn into three. And eventually I would find my way because I had to.
0: Right. Yeah, I think if he had been your only that motivation to be there for your other children would have just wouldn't be there, right? So it would. I mean,
2: true, yeah. But I right. think that I would have found another reason. That's good, yeah. You know, I still had a feel. I saw there, there's, there's some. I believe that that child has come for a reason, and I believe their work and their growth and their learning continues through us, yeah, and they came to wake us up in some way, or they came to leave a beautiful uh, gift in some way. It, it's so hard to even say those words when you're in grief because it sounds so yes. silly. You know, I would right. I'd throw all this away to have my, my son back. Sure. You know? But yeah. you, you start to create a, a kind of a, a bigger life or a different life and you right. truly start over and yeah. you realize oh, I can do this any way I want because I've already endured the worst. What's going to happen to me?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, one of the women you work with, I was I was moved by everybody who was helping, but especially Joan. I love you, right? When both Joan and my body made it very clear that I could not run from my emotional pain without new physical ones chasing me down, I forced myself to reenter the real world in a bigger way and you talk about the real world and your being out of that and i i i understand that and and kind of you had to kind of come in contact with the real world which was very difficult especially and i want to jump into something i mentioned earlier that pushback that you got i was shocked there was more than one meeting you had the money right like i don't what is the problem and it turned into what 11 or 12 meetings yeah. tell yeah. us a little bit about Blue pants, or the, some of these, yeah. I probably have his name wrong, but some of yeah. the other,
2: yeah, yeah we <laughs> pink
0: lipstick. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: We set out to raise this money, but so many people across Los Angeles and across the country, the, the kids were selling lemonade and birthday party oh, money they were given. And, amazing. And other people were calling us, hey, we have a charity event that we're hosting, and we'd love to donate the proceeds to Tommy's Field. I mean, I can't even tell you um the, how much community saved us. Um and, and taught me. Like I said, right. I had this childhood that was I don't want to say perfect, but it was very clean and easy. Yeah. I didn't understand community like this. I didn't understand empathy and compassion like this. And so this process of Tommy's field really taught me that. And so yeah, we raised the money in nine months. It was like wow. And the city was so excited and The park and recs department was so excited. Okay, but we have to have a community meeting about it. It's a normal, you know, bureaucratic process. Okay, who doesn't want it, you know? And the rec and park said to me, are you sure the community wants it? I said, the community raised the money. Who wouldn't want to refurbish a dirt field in a park with holes in it for 20 years?
0: Right.
2: Well, there were some. They were neighbors who lived next to the park who showed up at the meeting and they said, we don't want this. We don't want... More kids in this park. We don't want more whistles in this park. We don't want Hispanic people to play soccer in this park. Um, We would rather have nothing. We like it the way it is. We like to walk on this field and look for gophers. We like to fly a kite on the field, and it became a drama that really mirrors the divisions in our nation. We can't even build a field in a park for children to play on anymore without fighting over it. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, you brought that up in the book. And I thought that was such a good point. And I mean,
2: who who doesn't they
0: looking for gophers. I mean, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit, quite frankly, they just didn't want
2: anything. In fact, the city redesigned the field another way so that it wouldn't disrupt this particular field and took away a different area of the park. They didn't want that either. So it became very clear to everyone. Oh, they just don't want anything and there were old school political leaders in this area who were backing them and actually leading them and nice. who they too just wanted to win and they were very upset that we hadn't approached them from the beginning to get their input and their permission and I said to them like with all due respect I'm a grieving mom I don't know who you are I didn't know your neighborhood council existed and I'm not trying to go around anyone. This was a very public effort. Yeah. It's been posted everywhere. Everyone's been talking, you know. <laughs> I, I I I wasn't aware that I needed to follow any local process that truly has no local power other than right. their own. <laughs> so anyway, I I um but the truth is that I was on a mission and I was learning. And I kept looking at these people thinking, what are they trying to teach me? That has to be it. They have to be trying to teach me something. And the truth is, in the end, that I learned so much about myself because of them, that actually, because of them, the community around us united much deeper and much longer. And maybe I needed them that long. Um, And maybe I needed to pour myself into something that wasn't going to end so quickly, like maybe those extra nine months. That's a good
0: point. I hadn't thought about
2: that. And in the end, the truth is that the way the field is designed and built is Mm -hmm. better because they made it so difficult.
0: Right. Wow. Well, what were some of the things you learned about yourself?
2: I learned... It's funny because Tommy was a soccer player and by watching him play, I never realized how much I learned about life. And I learned how to apply the basic skills of soccer to my life. I learned first and foremost, how to receive all the, you know, help and support, just like you would receive a ball at your foot. I learned how to connect with people. I had to get out there and connect with people just like you would connect a pass to another player. I learned to defend myself to a much higher degree than I ever had before. I learned to attack. um, And I learned to go for the goal and just keep my eye on the goal. And so I really turned to soccer. I kept hearing Tommy and soccer to kind of guide me and, I was, it was the neighbors who allowed me to practice all these skills, right? And, and over and over and day after day, okay, how am I going to get around these people? How am I going to get to that goal? And it was like, I was playing a match with a yeah. bunch of people I didn't know. And um, that that's what developed in me.
0: Wow. You know, I want to talk about you and your husband. And there was there was a line that I thought was was so interesting. And you write, and your husband's name is Doug. You write, for Doug, it affected who he wanted to be. For me, it changed what I wanted to do. Talk a little bit about that with us.
2: Yeah, my husband went back to work after a couple of weeks. Um, that was a place where he could process his grief, but also to kind of take a break from it. Right. That it really is. Never ending, um, especially in those early days. It just loops over and over. And I was, I knew the minute Tommy left and I sat down, I was, you know, like I said, I did um, operations for startup companies. I always had really long checklists. And quite frankly, a great day was when I got through the checklist and I yeah. got through it all. I felt just so much pride. And the minute Tommy was gone, I looked at my list and I knew, oh, this is none of this matters. This is also meaningless. And I needed to do something meaningful, which is what I told Tommy I would do three days before. And it suddenly occurred to me that I would be my own startup. Yeah. Me as a person, and I would restart. And I didn't know how. And I told my husband, my brain isn't working the way it once did. I cannot go back to who I was. I don't know who I'm going to be, but I know I'm going to do something meaningful and important to me. Right. And I hope you can trust me because I don't know where this is going to go. And the field was one thing, and then I started writing and going on this alternative healing journey.
0: Yeah, and
2: this is the point where you're meeting me now. Is the point where I've developed some of these parts of my vision, and I'm still curious where it heads next.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about your son, Donovan, Don- Dono. Uh, yeah. I, this must have been so hard. He said, uh, quote, you and dad have each other. Donovan had said multiple times, I have no one. That's not how it was, but that's how he felt. Yeah. I, I love that you put that. That's not how it was, but that's how he felt. Because so often people are like, well, that's just that's not how it is. Well, yeah, but that's how it feels. So I commend you for that. That's so important as a parent, just as a, a person.
2: Yeah, Donovan, you know, Tommy was his big brother, his idol, his everything. And um, and to see your child struggle the way I saw my son struggle even gave me higher purpose than myself. Yeah. I need to help this child. Um, and we understood, D- Doug and I made a choice that day. Dono is is the priority. Right. Beyond ourselves. Yeah. Would, yeah. And so um, that's what we have tried to do. And everyone in a family grieves differently. And we've just had to respect each other's different ways of doing so. But for me and Doug at our core, um, Dono is the priority.
0: Yeah. One of the things too that I found so moving, uh, I'm going to read this. You wrote, quote, am I being encouraged to connect with Tommy's spirit directly? I asked myself, is that even possible for a regular person to learn how to do? The notion of it being impossible began to light me up. We have nothing to lose by trying, my gut told me. We have the time, the resources, and the purpose, my mind chimed in. We also have the love, the will. And you really did connect with him." Talk to us, like, share some of those stories with us.
2: I started having incredible dreams at night from the very beginning. Um, I would have teachers come sit with me. I had ancestors visit me. Tommy would come and talk to me. Uh, I had never experienced anything like it before. And I still have it. And so that was one of the strongest ways we connected. I would have music playing Mm -hmm. in my dreams that would wake me up. It'd be so loud. And they were all love songs. And some of them were Tommy songs and they just make me laugh. And I felt like he was trying to break through and he was still here. And that the more I tried to open up, and not numb myself with medication, but open myself with things like meditation or yoga or just walking and peacefulness, that um, I would have a stronger connection. And the truth is, when I'm writing, I feel this connection. And when I go anywhere, I see signs of him all the time. And and some people may say, oh, that's fun. Right. Okay, yeah. Like it's <laughs> really so, right. There have been so many situations I couldn't make up if I tried. And um I think they're beautiful and I think that we are growing and learning together. Um still. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about the hummingbird. Yeah, and the great news is my husband is a lawyer, and so he didn't have this sort of spiritual bent, you know, right. immediately when Tommy left. And um, one day a hummingbird came up to him while he was walking up the stairs, and it flew in his face, and then it buzzed in his ear. And he just said, I know, it's, that was Tommy. Like he And I, I thought to myself, oh, how interesting, because he hadn't really ever... playing this game of signs and connection like me and Donovan had early on. The following morning, I went into my car and a hummingbird just flew up to my front window as if it were my face and fluttered, like the same color hummingbird as his. And then it flew to the right side passenger window and fluttered and danced. And I just knew, oh, he's here. And so that hummingbird showed up at so many critical times during the community meetings to get Tommy's Field approved. And that's why in the beginning, what you read is, thanks for, I know you're here. Like the sign, because that was a very early sign for me that he's here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a friend of my husband's, his brother had passed away. Uh, He fell asleep driving, and they're both in their 20s. And at his wedding, uh, there was a butterfly that landed on his shoulder. It stayed there the entire ceremony. And all the way till they, he and his wife walked off, it was crazy. And yeah. I'm like, that's got to be his brother. Like, that was, we were Make all like,
1: yeah.
2: yeah,
0: it was something.
2: Yeah. It's it really something. nature becomes your friend.
0: Yes. What do you say to people who are super skeptical? Like, oh, the media must have found out that information somehow. Or like, I don't know why people have to poop on other people's joy. if they, You know, like, if that helps, what is the harm?
2: Right. Yeah, you know, um, I've had people. Most people who turn to me are people that have lost or are going through some kind of loss mm-hmm. or some kind of situation, and they know right. that whatever their situation is, it's on paper not as bad as losing a child. So they they sometimes turn to me. Like, what did you do? Or right. they say, "How can I help my friend?" People don't want to learn how to help others and we don't really know how. And so I tell them my story and I always start with Joan in my book who showed up uh, to give me some yoga lessons and help move energy through my body. And she asked me, what do you think about life and death? And I always pose that question to people because for me at the time, I looked at her, I said, I have no idea. I was a yeah. religious. I, I, I don't know. And she says, well, you're going to have to form a belief system. And mm-hmm. why don't you read a couple of these books and listen to a couple of these people? Right. You're going to know. And you're going to know how you feel. Don't use your head. Mm-hmm. Trust how you feel. And I read um, a couple books early on about life and death and the afterlife. And I just took to that direction um, of possibilities and so I t- do, I do the same thing with people. Here are some books in different right. ways or some people you can look up on the internet. What find what resonates with you and then come back to me and I will, I'll share everything I've done. I'll, all the practitioners, all the modalities right. I've tried and I will start you the way I started simple so you could find your way. And once, once people start the truth is they don't have to keep coming back to me for more because they find their own community. Right. And similar to what happened to me, those practitioners and those other modalities, they just start showing up because I right. started in a direction. There are a few people I've come across that my religious beliefs do not allow me to. Oh, it's like a religious yeah belief system, which is something that is not in my background. So sure. I, I can only respect and appreciate. And I, mm-hmm. So then I lead them more towards the meditation of breath work and acupuncture and, you know, creative endeavors and and at the very basic serving, like serve, get out of your head, help others. It's the most healing thing we can do.
0: You know, one of the women in the book, Kelly, I love this. She said about Donovan, mother him from a place of love, not fear or worry. And you talked to us about a time that you were with him and you did just that and you could feel the lightness just reading that passage it was beautiful
2: or lighterness i should say i use that all the time whenever i get worried about him or i i'm making a decision about something in my life okay am i if i'm am i making this or saying this out of worry or or and fear or out of love love for myself or love for my family or love for what i'm doing it completely changes the dynamic. It changes the way I act. It changes what I would say. And it it really makes me stop. And that becomes my barometer. Should I do it or shouldn't I? Right. And it, I don't want to say it's black and white, but it makes it very mm-hmm. simple. And when you do it out of love, your intention can never be wrong. Right. It may not turn out the way you thought, but you will never think to yourself, I made a mistake. It's like, no, I... I did this out of love. Didn't work out, but it was the best choice I could make at the time. Yeah. But we do it out of fear, and we just start spinning, and um, it could be a much longer process.
0: Yeah, you know another thing is is you'd hear like these messages. We will write a memoir. That's a quote a message had dropped in during a recent meditation class. I agreed that we would. And as I waited for the final meeting on Tommy's field to get scheduled, scheduled, I walked up to UCLA to conduct some research on Westwood and start writing my prologue. Did you feel like those all the messages came from Tommy or were some just from the universe, some from your inner self? Or how would you describe that?
2: Yeah, you know, that's funny. I I'm not totally sure. I yeah. would always attribute it to him. But right. then I'd say, I don't know, <laughs> is that you or like is it my grandmother right. or sure. do I have a whole spirit team. Or? <laughs> so I just started lumping everyone into you know universe. But the truth yeah. is, I, my, I connect to Tommy. That's where yes. I want my connection. And I uh, sometimes I'll just have fun with it and say, please tell everybody I'm sorry I'm not giving them credit. <laughs> I, you are my guard. Yes. You you figure out who's best to help me or whatever, and let's do this. Um, and so I uh, I have I have fun with it, but but yeah, I um I hear him, I hear it, yeah. and I don't always know who it is, but mm-hmm. I trust it. How How did it feel
0: when? you finally got the yes after all of the nose for the field, for Tommy's field.
2: Um, it felt beautiful and bittersweet. Yeah. You know, people would yeah. say, are you so excited? And I would look at them and, and say, yeah, you know, but I would also say, but I also have to remember what I'm doing. I'm building okay. a field with my child's name on it. I would much rather have him here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so, um, but I felt, I felt like very, I don't want to say excited. I just felt relieved and I felt yes. proud and I felt, I, I literally said, we did it, Tommy. Like we did yeah. it. Now what's so going. Beautiful. What's next? And it wasn't like I relished in it. It wasn't like a woohoo, you know, none of, of that. Course. Yeah. It, was, it was like a, we did it and now let's open it and let's get those kids playing. And now what? Now what do you want to do? Because yeah. we could do, like, we can't stop. Right. And that brings me to the next thing I
0: was going to bring up, which is the TM23 Foundation. So you didn't stop. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so we established the TM23 foundation. Tommy had created a brand logo for himself as a soccer player, which was TM23 based on his initials and his jersey number. Mm-hmm. So we took that as the foundation name and in the midst of all the community drama for the first field, a school, another school that serves our city's most underserved children of all circumstances and abilities reached out and said, we want a Tommy's field.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so we went and visited them and we thought Tommy would love to help these children. And the field would also serve the Los Angeles community after school and on weekends. And Los Angeles doesn't have enough playing fields for kids. So we were helping to solve a couple of problems. And we just opened that field in August of 2023. Again, the community and philanthropists came out to support it. Um, And now we're in discussions to do a third. Um, And really the idea is, is it's just so Tommy, like play in this life, enjoy this life. And especially, post pandemic kids need to play more oh, than yes. ever and you know the the first thought that a lot of parents and teachers or medical staff have is talk therapy or medication but there is a lot of value in play and absolutely and we adults have forgotten how to play and so i don't take that message lightly as part of my honoring of him, I'm learning how to play again and find new forms of play and how much laughter that brings and friendships that brings. Yeah. And in a world that seems increasingly dark.
0: Oh yeah. That
2: is something we can all do to lighten it up.
0: That is so true. That really is. And I want to ask you as well about your Mighty Mom series.
2: Yeah, I wrote that when Tommy was little and and Donovan Aww. was very young and he Wanted to understand why I couldn't pick him up at school like all the other moms in preschool, oh, and I said I I was working and right. I had to bring home the bacon, and <laughs> I decided I looked at books. I tried to find a book because he was a, a voracious reader even very young, and I couldn't find one that I thought would speak to him. Um, mm-hmm. They seemed to be more for for girls at the times, like high heels, and I wasn't that kind of a worker, and right. so I wrote one. And then I hired um, a friend who was an illustrator and she did some illustrations. And in the end, I was like, this is kind of good. And maybe somebody else needs this book. So I stuck it up on Amazon and um, and it became a part of a three book series. All, you know, mommy brings some of the bacon and then mommy has a bun in the oven for winter. <laughs> No sibling was coming. I had to create a story so he would uh-huh. understand. And then the last book was Mighty Mom, how moms are like superheroes. And quite honestly, Tommy helped me write it um, mm-hmm. and the ending. And so when he passed away, I put his name on the cover, and I, I still sell that up on Amazon for fun as a hobby. And all the all the proceeds of everything I do go to the TM Twenty Three Foundation to build oh, that field.
0: That's fantastic, Nikki, was there anything we didn't talk about today that you were hoping we would touch on?
2: Um, no, I think I think I love the opportunity to share my story. I hope yeah. uh, it helps people the way other people's stories have helped me. yeah, and um, you know my my book, Tommy's Field, I hope it shares a message that brings some light to this world and finds yeah. the people who need it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, give us all the ways to find your foundation, your book, all the things that you do. Uh,
2: the foundation is TM23foundation.org. And all the information is there um, about what we're about, how to donate, our projects. It's, it's kind of fun to look through. NikkiMark.com is where I share my alternative healing journey. I write these oh, nice. blogs and continue to share stories of all I've learned on this journey of mine. And I really infuse each of them with all the research I've done, all the books I've read and people I've seen. And I, I try to share with people, um, my experience. So it saves them maybe some time and money and they can figure out what their belief system is and carry a little bit of it with them forward. Um, So that's at nickimark.com. And then Tommy's Field, the book is coming out on January 23rd. And that can be found on all major online sites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, all of of Mm -hmm. the major ones. And I, I think as well as your local bookstores. I know there aren't many left, but.
0: Well, I'd love to have you back on Health Power to talk about the blogs. That sounds great. Because I, I think there's so. so much we can get out of that. I mean, just grief is so hard in general, but especially what you went through. And I think what you're doing to... to Bring this to others is beautiful. So, I want to thank you so much. And you're the door is always welcome here on Health Power. Oh, it's really, you. really lovely. And everybody keep coming back about five days a week Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. I cover it's like a five to six minute interview where I cover an article about unnaturally savvy for healthier living. Tuesday, we have fantastic guests like Nikki. And then every Wednesday, I have Kayla Capiolo who shares some great recipes. So, everybody keep coming back. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks so much.